You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. We're continuing our lineup and minutes projections. Today we're talking the Southwest Division. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos. My name is Mitchell Casey and you can follow me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Continuing right along, guys, continue to talk about our uh, minutes projections and our lineup projections today. We are covering the Southwest Division. Uh, if you haven't seen our other podcasts or other videos, make sure you check them out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you normally get them. And be sure to make sure you leave a like on this video. Make sure you're subscribed. Plenty of more fantasy content coming your ways. But um, let's let's get stuck straight into it. We're gonna we're gonna dive through uh, another five teams on the pod today, starting with the Dallas Mavericks. So, Dallas Mavs, obviously, um, big loss this season, the acquisition of, oh, sorry, the loss of uh, Jalen Brunson and the acquisition of Christian Wood. Now, uh, uh, someone would say, and you, you would be excused to think this, someone would say, okay, you get Christian Wood, come in, bang, starting center, easy peasy, Let's go. Cool. Um, but no, that doesn't seem to be the case, or at least that's not what's being communicated from uh, Jason Kidd, coach. Um, seems to me their other acquisition, JaVale McGee, has been reported or has been said to be the starting center. Um, uh, from what I'm hearing, it sounds as though that there might have been a promise in negotiation with the contract talks for, for JaVale when he was signed. I don't know if it's going to be a... Um, uh, sort of a token starter role where you'll start but then only play sort of bench minutes 
Uh, it's a little unclear at this stage. I would I would think that that is the case. Um, so when you look at the starting lineup, obviously we've got Luca at point guard. I've gone Spencer Dinwiddie at shooting guard. Reggie Bullock at small forward, Dorian Finney-Smith at power forward, and then JaVale McGee at centre. So most of those guys are pretty locked in. JaVale McGee at centre. I've listed him here. I'm expecting maybe like 16 to 18 minutes per game. Um, I really would be shocked to see if he's playing 20 or more minutes per night. He's just not that level of talent. And on a roster that's trying to really push for the playoffs and push to be a contender, they're just really, really deep at that position as well. Um, you know, that you've, you've already got players like Maxi Kleber, uh, other guys like Dwight Powell, and then, of course, Christian Wood, who you've added in the offseason. So I don't think McGee is going to be troubling standard leagues, pushing over that 24-minute-a-night role, which he would probably need. Um, but it is interesting, the fact that they've just named, they've already sort of said that he's going to be the starting centre so far out from the season beginning. So a uh, very interesting one there. The other one that you could maybe argue, Spencer Dinwiddie at shooting guard. You do have Tim Hardaway Jr. there, although he did drop off last year, had a few issues with injuries and things like that. I think he, um, even before then, though, was pushed to a bench role and coming on as like a six-man kind of spark plug type of player. And I think he'll continue to do that. And I think um, Spencer Dinwiddie will will, will be the um, sort of Jalen Brunson replacement in that lineup with the guy who can sort of hand the ball a little bit, but still space the floor next to Luka. So... Outside of the um, the starting center position, I don't think really much changes. There's not a whole lot of exciting value on this team. Christian Wood is the main attraction, the main difference on this roster. So if we move to the bench, I do have him as sort of your sixth man. Um, I've got him playing 27 minutes a night. Um, so a little bit less than what he was doing in Houston. He probably won't have the usage he has had in Houston, obviously next to Luca, who's going to soak up a lot of that. Um, it'll be interesting to see. He's a very intriguing guy and someone I'm watching very closely in the preseason to sort of gauge what his role is going to be because in 27 minutes a night, he's still going to be really good. Um, he's definitely a punt free throw percentage guy. I think I said that last year and got a bit of a pushback. It definitely turned out to be true. Um, so in that punt free throw percentage build, he can be really valuable. Someone who's going to get you 15 to 16 points a night, 9 to 10 rebounds. He'll get you a block. He'll give you a, a 3.5 to 2 threes a game. Uh, the field goal percentage will be really nice, and I think that might even improve here in Dallas. Um, but obviously, that the scoring and the threes will probably come down for Christian. Um, but I still expect him to be basically the next highest-ranked player outside of Luka from this team, just because there's not a whole lot of fantasy-relevant guys on this team Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie are kind of the back-end guys. Um, the rest of the bench, Tim Hardaway Jr., as we talked about before. Maxi Kleber getting pushed down, his minutes a little bit down to 18. Um, and then the last couple of rotation spots, you've got people fighting out like Frank Nilakina, Josh Green, and Jaden Hardy, I think, are all there. You could even run a nine-man rotation here. I'm not sure how much they like those kind of guys. Standard leagues is not going to trouble us really at all. For dynasty leagues, you are hoping that Jaden Hardy is the guy that perhaps wins out there. Um, he's signed to that three-year deal, so that that bodes well for his future. But 
I think those kind of guys will kind of float in and out of the rotation on, on any given night. And um, those first eight players are going to be your key rotational guys. Maybe a Dwight Powell gets in there if we ever see some injuries or foul trouble for, for some of the other guys. But at this stage, they are quite deep at the forward and center positions. So um, I, I do have him out of the rotation at this point. But yeah, like I said, not a whole lot of fantasy um, stuff to be gathered here um, with Dallas. So mainly looking at those first two guys, Luca and Christian Wood, and then the rest kind of uh, your late round dudes. Um, let's move it on. Let's move it on. Uh, Houston Rockets, uh, a much more exciting team, I think. So obviously, Houston Rockets, let's go through their, their starting lineup. I've got Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, the only one I think is up for debate is the small forward, and I've got Eric Gordon at that position starting to begin the season. Then Jabari Smith Jr. and at center, our boy, uh, ball boys, um, uh, fan favorite, Alperen Sengun at their starting center. So let's talk about Eric Gordon first. I do think that he's going to start the season as the starter. I do believe that they're going to be trying to trade him very heavily, so History is shown with the Rockets. They'll put those guys in, in, a, in a good position to start them. If we do hear, however, that that's not the case, he could actually fall out of this rotation altogether, which could help a lot of guys on the bench gain a lot of value. So again, he's, one, some, he's someone that I'm listening closely to what's happening in training camp, what's happening in the preseason. And I would expect by the end of the season, he's no longer on this roster. Um, I would expect him to be either traded or shut down like a John Wall kind of style. But at this stage, I do think they're going to start with him just to get a bit of spacing, um, try and boost up his trade value a little bit. Um, but next to him, like you see it there. I've only got him for 26 minutes a night. So not someone who's going to trouble us for standard leagues. He'll provide some good threes and, and a little bit of scoring, but um, definitely sort of your waiver wire type player. The rest of the starting lineup, I am very excited about. I think there's a lot of potential here for all of these guys. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. is not someone I've been particularly keen on in seasons past, but I am very um, intrigued for this season. He had a big stretch down the end of the last season. A lot of a lot of the attention went to Jalen Green, and rightfully so. He's an exciting young player, but Kevin Porter in that same period of time um, also put up some really, really good numbers. So uh, I think he, he boosted his field goal percentage up to the mid-40s. Um, you know, the, the points came up with it. The threes were, you know, over three per game. The assists were there. Um, decent rebounds for your point guard and, and, and a steal per game. So he is someone that you'll have to be aware of, his free throw percentage and the turnovers. But if you're punting the free throw percentage category, he can definitely help you a lot. He's, um, he's a really good target, I think, in the mid-round. So I'm excited to see Kevin Porter Jr. maybe get a little uptick, a couple extra minutes a game. Um, same with Jalen Green. I'm a bit unsure of what I'm thinking about Jalen Green this season. Um, I know there's a lot of people who are very hyped to see him as a top 50 guy. I'm not too sure. I think I'm, I'm a little bit further back than that, but there obviously is some upside. He's a big scorer. I expect his points to go up, his threes to go up. Maybe we see a little bit more assists, although I think Shengun might pour some cold water over that increase in assists with his ascension in minutes. And I think he'll be dominating a bit of the playmaking on this team as well as KPJ. Um, so I'm not I'm not quite buying all the Jalen Green hype just yet. Um, you know, he doesn't have those steals and block numbers and the rebound numbers to boost his value to provide a safe floor. Um, but he is someone to, to definitely watch. He's obviously very exciting and did show that promise down the, the end of the stretch last season. Reminds me a bit of like an Anthony Edwards the year prior. 
I think I think he's going to be somewhere in the middle between how he started the season and ended last season. And um, yeah, it'll be just interesting to see where his ADP lies once drafts start to really pick up in in September and October. So, uh, and then the front court, Jabari Smith Jr. I love me some Jabari Smith Jr. Um, I had him third in our dynasty rankings, although it was really, really close to me between he and Paolo Banquero. Some people had a closer battle between Chet and Paolo. I think it's you know, Chet for me is way out, out ahead of everyone. And then these two here, the two forwards, um, were close to me. And Jabari definitely has a more fantasy friendly game than Paolo. I do believe he's going to be the starter uh, day one. I think he's going to be getting 30 minutes a night this year. Um, I've got 31 listed here for him. He'll play a little bit of backup center because they don't really have that much to b- back up Alperin Shangun. They'll run small with with um, Tari Eason coming off the bench, with Jason Tent Tate coming off the bench. Um, so I really like what Jabari can offer this season. The percentages are going to be rough, the field goal especially, but if you're willing to punt that category, I think he's going to be really, really valuable. Lots of threes. He'll give you decent rebounds. Um, uh, probably give you a steal and a block per game, low turnovers. So I do like what Jabari Smith can offer. And um, in, there is a scenario where I think that he can actually um, outrank his, his teammate Jalen Green just because of the other stats that he provides outside of the, the scoring that Green's going to excel in. So, and, then, uh, and then our boy, uh, Alperen Shengun. Um, very exciting times. We, we've been waiting for it. We, we were all on the ride last season with uh, hoping that... that Christian Wood was going to get traded. Obviously, he did in the offseason. This opens the door up at Alperen Shingun. They didn't draft anyone to take his minutes. Um, there's literally no other center on this roster outside of Usman Garuba, who we barely saw last season. So he's going to be forced into a big role. I've actually been conservative here by putting him at 30 minutes. I think it could be higher than that. His fouls might be an issue. He is someone that is a bit foul prone, but a lot of bigs are in their first season. It'll still be there in his second year, but I, I do expect it to improve a little bit from last season. Um, but the the stats are going to be there for this guy. Big rebounds, big assist numbers as a center. It could push up as high as, you know, four or five per game. Um, he should get you a steal. He should get you a block per game. Um, and again, my bloody camera has been shocking recently. Anyway, we'll, we'll get that back up in a second. Um, so he is definitely someone who is going to be very hyped coming into drafts. I'm very interested to see where the hype settles out, but I've got big expectations for Shengun this year. The percentages will be rough. Um, there won't be too many threes and the turnovers will be high. So there are holes still in his game, but when you punt the right categories or if you're, you know, especially in a points league, in a points league, he's going to be he's going to be really, really good. Um, I think he's going to be quite special. So those four guys, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and Alperen Shungun, I think are all mid-round draft players. Um. Very interesting to see how the lineup works out in terms of the minutes, but I expect all four of them to be getting over 30 minutes a night um, and should all improve dramatically from there. Or in Jabari Smith's um, case, he obviously wasn't anywhere, but they should all be big jumpers uh, compared to last season's stats and, and all very exciting players. So pretty uh, pretty exciting things happening over at Houston Rockets from a fantasy uh, basketball perspective. Um, let's talk about the bench here. 
Like I said, I've got Jay Sean Tate as the sixth man. He could have been the guy that I had over Eric Gordon at small forward. I just think that they maybe want a little bit more spacing. And like I said, they're probably boosting the Eric Gordon trade value. But it could be Tate. I think they're both going to be mid-20s in minutes anyway. So I'm not too excited about either, to be honest. Tate probably has a higher fantasy ceiling than Eric Gordon. Um, so we do probably want him to get the starting lineup role. And then he might be draftable in that spot. But... um yeah, I'm not super excited. I'm not going to go out of my way to target uh, a Jay Sean Tate there. And then uh, the guy I am excited about, like I said before, he's this year's Shengun for me, and that's Tari Eason. So um, if we do see an Eric Gordon trade at any point, um, I think Eason is going to be the guy that really benefits um, because you're going to see a lot of minutes, like I said before, with Jabari Smith moving over into the center, Eason playing at the four, Tate playing at the three, or, or switch those two around. And just um, he and Tate are going to be sort of those main guys off the bench. Um, I really like what I saw at Summer League. Um, I was a big fan of his before the draft. I had him as a top 10 prospect. Um, And his fantasy um, translation is just incredible. Steals, blocks, rebounds, um, good percentages. Uh, He can hit a three here and there. Um, He's not going to give you any assists, but outside of that, he's he's a really, really solid fantasy player. So big watch list on Tari Eason. Dynasty leagues, uh, I would be targeting him um, where I can, uh, especially early in the season. If he's struggling for minutes, that might be a good time to buy because I think come the end of the season, he'll be getting bigger minutes, um, if not early next season when Eric Gordon and the like uh, are off this team. So, And then, and then the rest of the bench unit. You've got Tate Washington, I think, is going to win out that backup point guard position. Strictly just backing up Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, Josh Christopher, I think, will get minutes in the mid-teens. And then Usman Garuba will get a little bit of minutes as the backup center. But also, you'll get some small ball lineups as well. So I've got him at 14 minutes a night. So, yeah, lots to talk about those Houston Rockets there. Let me, let me know if you think it's going to go um, differently. If you're hyped for Shangoon, leave it in the comments below. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And, uh, and as always, remember to like the video if you're here on YouTube. Let's uh, let's move on to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, obviously, the big news for the Grizzlies here is the absence of Jaron Jackson Jr. to start the season. He's going to be, I think the report came out at the end of June that he was missing four to six months. Obviously, that crosses over into the start of the season. Um, you know, well, if you've been listening to, to the podcast for a little while, you know my feelings on Memphis and in particular Jaron Jackson Jr. and their injury reporting. It drives me crazy. I was one of the fools who drafted Jaron Jackson the year that he was supposed to be, quotation marks, um, out of minutes, which ultimately meant uh, five months of the NBA season. And he came back in the last month um, once our playoffs had already started and I had been eliminated. So, um, lots of fond feelings from myself and uh, and Jaron Jackson Jr. But the good news is here, they've obviously, they've named up a timetable, which is better than they've ever done before. So, that's a positive on one hand. On the other hand, I'm always taking what they say with a grain of salt, and I'm always going to be projecting the long end of what they've said. So, they've said four to six months. I'm going, all right, bang, six months end of June, so that's at best, to my uh, opinion, it's going to be December, probably uh, start of January in, in the start of the 2023 portion of the season. So that's what I'm expecting for Jaron Jackson Jr., and I would draft him accordingly. Um, so that leaves the starting lineup here. Obviously, you've got Jar Morant, you've got Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks coming up, coming back into the mix, uh, Brandon Clark moving into the starting lineup along with Steven Adams. So... Instantly with this lineup here, you do maybe worry a little bit about shooting and spacing. 
Um, the big winner here is Brennan Clark at 28 minutes a night. Um, he's obviously going to be feasting while Jay, uh, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is out of the lineup. But remember, Memphis run a lot of weird lineups. They, they don't like to give any one player, probably outside of Jar, really heavy minutes. Most of the guys play close to 30 minutes a night at most. Um, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. was only averaging like 27 minutes a night last season. So the fact that he's going to be the starter. It's not like he's going to get 36 minutes a night. Those per 36 numbers are juicy. Um, don't get me wrong, but it, I would temper expectations that he's not going to just jump straight into that. Uh, I think he was averaging like 20 minutes a night last year. Um, so it is an uptick and he will be better. I do think he is draftable and he will definitely be a top 100 player, probably a top 80 guy for the first part of the season. Um, but when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back, it's a little bit a little bit murky, and he might be someone you have to drop later in the season. I do think there's an outside chance that when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back, maybe Steven Adams is the one that moves to the bench, and you see a front court of um, uh, Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson, or it could be Clark. I'm not too sure. If it was me running the team, I would be putting Steven Adams on the bench personally, but I don't know if they're going to go that way. So there is a little bit of upside that Clark holds on to a starting Joel or an increased role if he really kills it for the whole season. Uh, so there's a little bit of upside there. So um, it might not all be lost when Jaron Jackson comes back, but just something to always keep in mind. If, if you're projecting his value early on, just a reminder that he is going to lose value when Jaron comes back. And of course, the other guys we kind of know about. Desmond Bain, I don't think he's going to see much of a change. I could even see his minutes increase a little bit with no DeAnthony Melton there to back him up. Um, they've lost a bit of backcourt depth, so I can see his minutes boosting up a little bit. He was at 29 minutes a night. I've got 31 here. So um, that should offset any kind of regression that he sees from his shooting. So I think basically what he did last year, he'll repeat this season. And um, um, yeah, basically don't see too much changing there for him. Dylan Brooks, I mean, he's 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 okay guy to have on a, on a punt field goal percentage team, but he's definitely a late round dude only. He's not a guy with really much upside. Points, threes, a little bit of steals here and there. Some, a trickle of assists as well are okay, but nothing I'm too excited for. And of course, we haven't talked about Ja Morant. I think um, he's obviously going to be very hyped this season. He is dramatically better in a points league and a points format. So always keep that in mind. Some of the rankings on the Yahoo, ESPN, Fantrax sites are going to be boosted because of that. And um, and he, he almost is a first rounder in a points format. So definitely endorse that. I think that that's the case. In a category league, he's not, he's not close to a first rounder. He's a third round guy at best. Um, and that's assuming you're going to be punting free throw percentage, which I think you probably should with the Jar Morant. Um, but he's going to give you huge assists, huge uh, points. Um, steals will be there a little bit, a little bit of threes. The field goal percentage will be nice for your point guard. Um, but not someone I'm moving mountains to, to make sure he's in my team because he's probably a much better uh, NBA player than he is a fantasy basketball player. Um, so just keep that in mind when there's a lot of hype around the young, exciting point guard. And if we move over to their bench for the Memphis Grizzlies, I've got a few young guys here. Zaya Williams at 25 minutes a night. He could definitely, um, he could probably even battle Brennan Clark for that starting role. It's not confirmed. It's not locked in. So I wouldn't be shocked. Um, so keep an eye on for him. Jake LaRavia, I've got there at 21 minutes a night while Jaron Jackson is out. Tyus Jones um, with the backup minutes there. Xavier Tillman as your backup center. And then... 
I couldn't quite split it between um, Santi Aldama and John Conchar. Santi Aldama's probably got the higher upside, so and I know that Memphis likes to to get some minutes for these young guys, so I think that he probably has the slight edge for me. But John Conchar was a was a kind of borderline rotation guy for them last year, so he could have the seniority to that spot. But I think that'll be a bit of a training camp battle that we'll see. Um, decide those that final uh, sort of rotation spot. You do have other guys like David Roddy um, who could push their way in there, but I think he'll spend a bit of time in the G League to start the season, but maybe later on he might find himself there. Um, the big one for the bench here, we're watching, we're watching Jake LaRavia. He's got a good fantasy stat set, and if he's ever pushed into a larger role, if we see an injury to a Brennan Clark or a Steven Adams, he could definitely be someone who's worth a pickup, but I don't think at this stage a draft we really need to worry about him being someone that we draft, but definitely someone I would put on a watch list. Um, much better stat set than a, than a Zaya Williams um, at this stage in their careers. So Jake LaRavia, just someone to keep an eye on. Dynasty managers obviously will have him rostered. Um, and I, someone who I do like moving forward for his fantasy value. All right, let's move on to another one. We've got some, some interesting teams in this division here. The New Orleans Pelicans is up next. So big one here. Starting lineup, let's go through them. Um, CJ McCollum. Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, we've got the return of Zion Williamson, and then Jonas Valanciunas as your starting center. So, obviously the big one here is Zion Williamson returning, missed all of last season. How does this affect the rest of the roster? So, you've got someone like um, Jackson Hayes who goes to the bench who was starting for stretches last year. Um, I think this starting lineup is pretty locked in. Um, I think it hurts... Valanciunas the most. However, he is still he is still someone who can produce in um, limited minutes. I think he will reduce his minutes as they play a few more small ball lineups with Zion at the five. Um, so I think Valanciunas is someone that that loses out. But but most of these guys lose value with Zion coming back and soaking up a lot of usage. Even if it doesn't necessarily affect their minutes, the usage will be a big thing for a lot of these guys because uh, for most of them outside of Herb Jones, usage is the name of the game for their fantasy value. So um, I do think that CJ, Brandon Ingram, and Valanciunas all take a slight step back with Valanciunas being the most significant. Um, the other thing with CJ McCollum is he had a random year last year with where his free throw percentage dropped a lot. Um, I don't know if this is... A, it's, we've seen a couple of instances of this with like Russell Westbrook and most recently Anthony Davis where they were plus 80 plus percent guys and all of a sudden they've gone back to like 60s or low 70s. CJ, same thing last year. I mean, I wouldn't expect it to stay down that low, but it was a decent sample size, so... Something to keep in mind for CJ McCollum. If if he improves his free throw percentage, it will offset any loss in usage. But if the free throw percentage stays down, he will lose value and he will go back in terms of the rankings. So just something to monitor with CJ McCollum. Really, really interesting phenomenon that I don't know why that's happened. Uh, yeah, it was both at um, Portland and at New Orleans. So... I can't be blaming the food over in New Orleans for that drop in free throw percentage. It's just something that's happening with McCollum. Um, Herb Jones, I think, will get much the same. It, the, the Zion Williamson return probably just limits his ceiling and any improvement that we might be hoping to see. So, But I think he's going to be doing pretty much the same as he did last season and, and really elevating our steals. And uh, Zion, what do we do with Zion? It's... It's a tough one. I've got him here projected for 31 minutes a night. He averaged more minutes than this in his second season. I do think that they might be a bit cautious with his minutes to start the season, but hopefully if there's no issues cropping up in the first 
month or two, those minutes should start to push up closer to 33, 34 a night. Um, you know, we saw them be um, restrictive of his minutes when he came back in that second season. Um, or sorry, maybe it was his rookie season. So they'll, I imagine they'll do something similar. He'll be on a minutes restriction to start off with. Um, just because he's so valuable to the team. So it could be a bit funky at the start of the season, but yeah, I'm not I'm not super high on Zion. I just think that the biggest value he provides is his field goal percentage. He's obviously a punt free throw guy because he's taking huge amount of volume on his free throws at a poor percentage. Um, and in those punt free throw teams, field goal is usually not something you have to worry about as much. You usually have a lot of guys just through that punt strategy that boost the field goal percentage up a lot as well. So it kind of reduces the value that Zion brings in that situation, even though his quote-unquote rank will be a lot higher. I'm not really keen on drafting him until like that back end of the fourth, start of the fifth round, closer to pick 50, just because there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of downside. Um, The team's going to be so cautious with him. And we haven't seen the defensive stats translate over from college yet. And I would want to see that before I'm willing to draft him any higher. I just don't know. This team is pretty deep as well. So they can afford to be um, cautious with his minutes. Um, Speaking of the deep team, let's move on to the bench. They've got Larry Nance Jr. who's coming back in. I almost forgot about him when I was thinking about this team before I started researching for the minutes, but obviously they acquired him in the trade at the deadline last year. Um, I think he's probably going to be the guy 20 minutes a night. He can play a bit of that small ball five next to Zion instead of Zion as his backup. Interesting piece to see. He, He could be higher or lower than this. I found it tricky to sort of figure out where he was. If he's higher, he does have some value as a steals, field goal percentage, rebounds guy. But I don't think in 20 minutes a night it's enough. He'd probably need at least 24, 25. Then we'd probably be interested. But at 20 minutes a night, I don't necessarily think he's worth a flyer unless we start to hear buzz of him playing a bigger role. Uh, and then you've got a few guys that make up the 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 rotation on the bench. Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels, Jackson Hayes, and Jose Alvarado. I think all in that mix of, you know, 15 to 18, 14 to 18 minutes a night. I do think Dyson Daniels will be in the rotation from day one. They've drafted him quite high. I like his potential. I think he's ready and NBA ready right away to contribute to winning. I had him almost as like my most NBA ready prospect for this draft. Um, so I do think he'll be there. And eventually I do see him taking CJ McCollum's minutes. But it won't be maybe for another couple of seasons. So um, not too much to see there on the bench. Maybe you've got some steel streamers in Daniels and Alvarado, but that's about it. Let's move on to the final team of this division. And another busy team, another team lots to discuss about, the San Antonio Spurs. Um, obviously, they've gotten rid of DeJounte Murray. That's the big piece that they've lost this offseason. So a lot of opportunity for these guys. He was leading the team in usage. Um, so let's go through their starting um, lineup. I'm not 100% sure about this backcourt. Um, we'll see if that's the case. But um, at the moment, I've got Trey Jones and Josh Primo as you're starting one and two. Um, then the front court, I'm pretty set on um, being Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, and Jakob Pertl. All of those guys should push north of 30 minutes per night without that much depth behind them. Um, Trey Jones and Josh Primo... Obviously, Primo, they selected in the lottery last season. There's a bit of talk about him playing a bit of point guard. There's not a lot of point guard depth on this team. 
So he might start as your sort of combo guard and move across when Trey Jones goes to the bench, and then you might see Vassell slide down to the two, and then you know Josh Richardson or Doug McDermott can come into this lineup. So they can do a few different things. Um, at the moment, I've got them there in that high 20s in minutes. I think Trey Jones is the more interesting one when it comes to fantasy. His assist numbers will be decent. Not Nothing that I'll be super keen to draft really early, um, but definitely worth a late-round flyer pick. Um, the percentages and turnovers are going to be rough, um, and there's just a bit of uncertainty about their role. Um, the, the Spurs are not kind of a, the, the team that will pump huge minutes into their young players. So he's still still quite young. I, I don't know if we're going to see the team run through him or anything like that. So, yeah, I just there's a lot of hype out there that I'm seeing with Trey Jones. I'll pump the brakes a little bit before we see a bit more in the preseason, but definitely an, a watch list guy, someone we keep an eye on. Definitely worth drafting, um, but I wouldn't be reaching inside the top 100 or anything like that for, for Trey Jones. Um, Josh Primo is less exciting from a fantasy point of view. Points, threes, maybe some assists might grow if he's playing a bit more point guard. But again, I don't think we're going to see many defensive stats. The, the percentages are going to be poorish. Um, you know, he, he'll be fine. And again, someone I'd be happy to take a flyer on late. Um, but, but again, the upside on him is probably not as high as someone like a Trey Jones. I, I don't think, unless we see something dramatically change from what we've seen so far, which, you know, could be the case in a super young prospect. But yeah, just... Just a, just a late-round flyer for me at this point. And, and then these next three, I am quite excited about. Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, and Jakob Pertl. Um, I'm a big Pertl guy. I, I think he's a really good center. I think he's a great NBA starting caliber player. The thing with Pertl is that he's the, the trade rumors are there. We are, we're, we're watching and waiting to see if they're going to pull the trigger now before the season or maybe the trade deadline. I do imagine that he is traded before the NBA trade deadline because he's a free agent come the end of the season. I don't really see him sticking around with this team next year. I think he's good enough that no matter where he gets traded, he's going to be a starting center on the team he gets traded to. But there is that slight risk that maybe he's in a bit of a timeshare situation. I don't know. Maybe it's like a like a Zubach um, uh, situation in Clippers last year where they had... Uh, Oh, I'm blanking on the name. Who who was the guy backing him up? My favorite dude. Let me. Um, this is what happens when you do a live podcast. Um, obviously you had. Where is he now? He's on the Knicks. Um, the New York Knicks. Who did they bring in? Sorry, guys, this is the big mind blank. Oh, yes, Hartenstein. That was what I was thinking about. Yeah, so you had Zubas and Hartenstein, two starting caliber centers, but both sort of taking minutes off each other. So that's kind of like the worst case scenario I see Pirtle falling into. He's a great permanent producer. I think he, what was he, 28, 27 minutes a night last year. Still put up great value in a punt free throw percentage build. He's a top 50 guy easily. Great blocks, great percentages. Uh, field goal, that is. Good rebounds. Decent assists for a, um, a center as well. So he's someone that I really do like. I'm not super worried about a trade, but there is that little bit of a downside. So keep that in mind. And then Vassell and Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson's going to get a lot of that usage. I also think Devin Vassell will get a lot of it as well. I'm more excited for Devin Vassell than I am Johnson just because of the other stuff that Vassell does, in particular like the steals and high volume from three. His field goal percentage might be a little bit lower, so account for that. But 
I've got Devin Vassell just a little bit higher than Keldon Johnson, although I do like both. Um, there's a little part of me that doesn't necessarily believe in Keldon Johnson as a player. So I, whilst he's the obvious candidate to take a lot of the usage from DeJounte last year, there's a little part of the back of my brain that just says, I don't know if he's that good. So whilst I do project that he's going to be there or thereabouts, sort of that mid-range guy, I do see a little bit of downside in him, but I am at that point in the draft willing to sort of take a take a gamble and, and, and go with a guy like that because there's just there's just not a lot of else on this team. No one else is going to really step up. I don't imagine they're going to be bringing in anyone to take that role off Keldon Johnson for this season. Um, so maybe this season before they get those higher um, quality or higher value recruits from the draft, this season he might be putting on um, a, a big role and put up some good stats. Whereas maybe in a dynasty sense, he might be one of the rare cases that he's valued lower than his redraft value, even though he is still a young player, just because I don't know if I see that as his role long-term, but good for this season. For the bench, I do have Jeremy Sohan as sort of their main guy off the bench. I know the Spurs normally take their rookies quite slowly, but I they, they selected him quite high, higher than Primo last year, and he's really versatile. So I said before, they don't have many depth, much depth at the point guard position. I do see a little bit of times throughout the games that I think Jeremy Sohan might be playing some pseudo point guard or or point forward minutes because they lack a little bit of playmaking on this team. Um, so I can see that from Sohan. He's very versatile, can play four, play five, play three. So I think that helps him get 21 minutes a night. Um, and if we ever get an injury, he could be someone uh, worth monitoring for some value. So not a guy I'd, I'd probably draft at this stage, but definitely a watch list guy. And then the rest of these guys, I'm not really interested for standard leagues. Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, Zach uh, Collins, and Malachi Brennan slash Blake Wesley. I think one of those guys will will get the last spot. The other might go to the G League. They might be swapping in and out. Um, but for standard leagues, I'm not really worried about a lot of those guys. Maybe Zach Collins, if we ever hear something happening to Jakob Pertl, if he steps into that starting lineup or gets a bigger role, might be worth considering. But um, it would definitely take a trade for me to think that that would happen. And um, I don't think we're going to see that until close to the deadline, personally. Um, so that will um, that'll do it for us today, guys. Um, lots of interesting teams in this division. So let me know what you think. Let us know your thoughts. Um, and if you have any questions or comments about um, these teams or fantasy basketball in general, um, we're going to power through the rest of these divisions and minutes projections, these starting lineup projections, and then we're going to start with some mock drafts. We've got some guests coming on soon and a special announcement, which will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. But um, hit the like button, five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, and I'll see you guys later. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.